Taylor, Chris, how did your first set go with Remedy and Friends? What did you think of the event? So this was my first live performance ever, and it was a, I was really nervous for it, and when I got up there, everything just kind of just flowed together. I was able to go for just live mixing for like an hour on top of the, the 15 minutes that I had like as a VP, and uh, it just Felt really great. Yeah, man, I thought it was dope. Like we were talking about, like it sounded like some like glitch mob type stuff. Like that, that was so cool that you were doing that all of that live, and it fit really well too. And the lights kept were like flickering on. That's when it was starting to get dark and kind of raining a little bit too. Uh, so um, yeah, and I'm also joined by two other very special guests. We have Relax Music and we have Vertex Remedy joining us wow. as well. So how's it going, guys? What do you guys think of Remedy and Friends and how well the event went? Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. There you go. I'll go first. Um, so I think it went really well. We had a good turnout. Um, we had a lot of people come. Um, we weren't expecting that many people to come in. We had people in parking lots, sitting in the cars. We had people on the tailgates. We had people sitting in the little dance floor area and they were standing against the wall. Some were sitting on the steps on the side. So we had a really good turnout. We had even some employees come out of the Ruby Slipper uh, that we were playing behind this restaurant. And some people got off their ship and started dancing and making the best of it right away. Um, we had a good turnout. We, I just couldn't be happier with the show. Um, yeah, like I still can't get over that we just pulled that off. Yeah, it's like one of those things that it's just, it's a feeling that you get in that moment when you're in that zone, and you feel invincible almost, like, I don't know about you guys, like, I just felt on, like, I could take on anything uh, in that breath of moment, or, oh man, I'm on stage, everybody's watching me, so much pressure, but you don't really think about the pressure, you're just kind of there, just doing your thing. Exactly, and that's what I was talking to you guys about, uh, probably two days prior. I was super nervous to hold me. Like I kid you not. Like anytime I thought about it, my hands started sweating. But once you get up there, it's like all those nerves just go away, and it's the weirdest thing. I mean, even when I got up there with you and uh, Relax here, and we were being his MCs, <laughs> like it was just a whole other experience. Like it's like I wanted to be awesome. Right? It's like, it's almost like the foreplay is better than the sax almost. It's like all that anticipation, man. And you're like, I was stressing about shit for no reason, man. And I do that with every performance, every single thing I do. And then when it, it, it happens, I, I'm fine. Like, I'd be fine. Like, it feels natural. But in that moment, it's just nerves, man. Yeah, because you, you got up there and you did great. I mean, you were moving, you were, you didn't freeze up. You sang perfect, you were on key with all your stuff, like everything was perfect. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I didn't even like plan to perform originally with Remedy and Friends. I just more or less wanted to be like on the background of things, but then I saw how much fun you guys were having, and I was like, ah, fuck it, I gotta I guess. <laughs> yeah, man, when you told me that you were gonna perform, I was hella excited, and I've never seen you perform live, so it was awesome you got up there. I would think you're probably pretty used to it by now. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, you've done a lot of shows in the last couple of months, uh, but I think this was your first one as RetroZoe. Yeah, that was my first, uh, definitely as RetroZoe too. Um, yeah, man, I, I, it was kind of one of those like insecure things that I had too. That was another part of it was like, oh, I don't know if my music's good enough. 
for other people to hear it because like for me my music's like a really personal experience um when i started writing music as retro zoe i was in like a very dark place um literally i, I had covid i thought i was gonna fucking die in a server house man and so i was stuck in a basement for like two weeks to quarantine by myself had no communication physical any communication with anybody because i was in a shared space with like six other guys and i was up in denver and so i was just laying in there and then i felt really bad one of these days or one of those days that i was going through it and so i was like you know what i have GarageBand on my phone i'm gonna just start fucking doing stuff yeah. and so i like I want to encourage like anybody who wants to get into music, just do it. Don't worry about the anxiety behind, oh, what if it's good enough? What matters is that it's good enough for you and that you enjoy making it. Exactly. And I always tell uh, artists that, are, that come out to you or future artists, uh, don't do music for people, just do it for you. It's like therapy. And I think it's the best therapy. Uh, music has always been therapy for me, so that makes a lot of sense. That's actually kind of why I chose my name, Vertex Remedy. It's like a pet name. Right? It's the remedy. <coughs> Definitely. Awesome. So, uh, I know you were, um, I'm going to talk about relax music now. So, what made you decide to switch your personas from outski to relax? Well, um, for outski, um, I had it ever since uh, 2017. Um, <laughs> to be honest, uh, I just really didn't really stick the name with it that much because like, it sounds really different than how, uh, you know, Vertex Remedy and how you guys are named different. And, and then um, I decided to think that, you know what, how about I just try like, uh, you know, I, for Outski I used to do like um, Future Bass and all the other stuff for it. And then I was thinking, how about I try like doing house music for once? And then that's when I told them, um, for tips here, um, uh, many many years ago, like I might do a, like a, a house persona, and that's when I came up with a house kit for once. Oh wow! For the name for a little while, and I was like, it just stick with me for a little bit, and I was like, you know what? Nah. It didn't work out because it sounds like really really different. So do you? Uh, I don't know. What do you think is like the biggest difference? Would you say like I, with relax versus house ski uh, music wise? Um, for um, relax, it's like, you know, it's just like to relax yourself and everything. That's how it was like when I first thought about it. I was like, maybe I should do like a, a lo-fi persona. Oh, okay. I was thinking about it first, but then next year I was like, you know what? I'll just stick with that relax more than I'll speak. Because, uh, yeah, because it gives me like that relax motion part. There you go, man. Well, I mean, I thought you did a fantastic, mind-boggling fucking set, man. I didn't even, like, I didn't have any words for some of the stuff you did. Like, you did a whole hour and a half set like it was nothing. Yeah. And could have kept going, which was dope, man. So I, I thought it looked really well. I thought it was perfect the way we had the lighting set up where it was moving with the, the tracks and the fog machine. That was all cool, man. So I, I think that we'll, we'll take our uh, game to the next level. And uh, speaking of which, to help us take our game to the next level, you should check us out on GoFundMe and Proxenize Rebirth. Check us out. Donate a little bit if you can. Here and there. We want to get. We want to make this more of a professional show, as well as uh, put on some better concerts too, and better quality uh, sound and equipment. And 
we, we, we love doing this for people. We love doing it for the community. Um, what would you say um, would you be your biggest role model? We'll start with uh, Taylor Chris in the music world. What would be your biggest role model? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so gigs, bro. Hey, right now, dude, honestly, well, <laughs> probably fucking 100 gigs, Danny Brown, JPEG Mafia. Okay. Um, some like alternative like hip hop, electronic music. Yeah, that's dope, man. What about you, Jacob? Oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> always boombox works out. Um, it's got like this hybrid trap band vibe all the time, and I just absolutely love it. Um, uh, Skrillex is starting to become a really huge inspiration yeah, with all his, his new album. Uh, I just always been a big fan of that kind of music, um, especially like really fast paced, uh, just filthy bass. Oh yeah, let me tell you, man. Those, those drops, I I needed a neck brace afterwards. I, I was I, I'm pretty sure I said that live too. You're gonna need a neck brace because man, it was just banger after banger. Like all your guys' sets were bangers, man. You couldn't give me a break. What? <laughs> now that I think about it, a majority of my set was both of those artists. I mean, just those are songs I've always wanted to play. I thought about it since they've come out. Like, I can't wait to play this live in front of somebody. Um, I've just been a huge fan of Boombox since like, 2017. Um, stumbled across him on accident, and every song that comes out, I absolutely love. He caught, and I think I look up to him the most because he doesn't do the same thing every single time. And I feel like artists are always in this block that I have to put out the same kind of music because then my fan base right. is going to like it. Yeah, that is the biggest thing too. I think a lot of that scares people away from releasing their music too. Is like, just the industry itself, man. That, that monster of being of, just like stuff here on radio, like being with somebody who's in radio, it's very selective with a lot of the music that you hear, but now you're starting to hear and you've heard it for like the past 10 years. Since dubstep went mainstream, like you're hearing a lot more electronic music and all these pop songs, which is fantastic, I think. But at the same time, they're kind of riding that wave too, and I feel like they don't give a lot of electronic artists, except for maybe like the Peachy, Chainsmokers, the big guys, like a lot of playtime. It's a shame, man. Like, I wish, I mean, I wish there was a dubstep radio station or an electronic music radio station. I know there are some out there, but I wish there was one here in Colorado, especially with the rave scene we have here now. Yeah. Um, Base capital of the world. Exactly, man. Yeah, so, and I, like, mainstream music is awesome, you know, but there's so many more artists out there, underground artists, that have so much potential. I mean, like, uh, I'm not the one person to dog on artists, but, like, I feel like with mainstream artists, you get the same song every single time. Right, same four chords. I mean, most of the stuff you hear on pop music today is a lot of recycled beats. Like, mm -hmm. there's that Miley Cyrus song. That's a really, really old disco jam. I will survive. And um, there's a couple. There's a few other. Like, there's the Jonas Brothers one. That's like a cover song. But there's a lot of cover songs. On the radio nowadays, that's pretty. It's pretty crazy. You actually see it a lot in hip hop too, like uh, first class. Oh yeah, that would, that's pretty damn. That's pretty and dope. Like there's, it's all over the place, and they're all classics. I just feel like we always have room for the underground artists. You know? 
Alright, man. So, relax. What is your biggest inspirations uh, for music and the music that you make? Um, it mostly scores. <laughs> but then, yeah, like, well, yeah, it's just Felix and then a bunch of other more artists like um, Zomboy, um, Must Die. Um, yeah, because I used to like listen to it on the, in my, um, I had a phone back then, and then I had a Pandora, and I just had a Skrillex channel, and somehow like I was playing some Skrillex and some tracks in there, and, and then somehow, the yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it just suddenly like randoms to a different artist, I'm like, whoa, what is this, this is like really, really different than how Skrillex does it. Okay. And then from there it just like branched out to like a bunch of, it uh, like sprouted that seed, you yeah. know, yeah, man. Yeah. I gotta say, 2013 Pandora, I think, is where a lot of people were inspired. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> See, my, my biggest memory from Pandora is just like being in school, man, and you're like in a computer lab or something, there's nothing else to do, and I mean, shit, man, that, I, that's what I had before I had Spotify, too, and then Spotify just entirely changed the game because before it was Pandora. Right. Like, that was the... <laughs> service and I know nobody paid for the service oh yeah you would hear that song and get excited about it and then you'd have to wait probably like hours to hear it again <laughs> I like the Spotify uh, little ads want to break from the ads <laughs> yeah, it works. that's how they win right but yeah man I mean shit I got on a family plan for Spotify now too and then my music's on there now and podcast is on there so I'm pretty loyal to Spotify now <laughs> But it would be cool to like branch out more, uh, especially with the podcast and with my music uh, as well. And so I want to talk about uh, streaming platforms next. Where, uh, where can we find your music, Tim or Chris? So right now, I only have music on YouTube, but I'm working to get some stuff on uh, everything for Districted. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Oh, yeah. So uh, what about you? Where can we find your stuff, Vertex Remedy? So I'm pretty much on everything. Spotify, um, <laughs> not everything, I guess. Not on Pandora. <laughs> um, Snapchat, Facebook, um, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Tidal, um, Amazon Music, just, just about any streaming service, any songs. Bandcamp? Yeah. Oh. Bandcamp? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. And that's Wyatt, our Jamie for our podcast, doing the lovely transitions here, and we got. Anyone else here? Oh. Any chats? I can't see chat. I'm seeing chat right now. <laughs> oh, I think it's your brother who asked about audio. Never mind, set the sky. Is. <laughs> Isn't Alinium from Denver? Yes. Put Wyatt on. <laughs> Wyatt, 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 Wyatt. I'll have a camera next time. <laughs> Shout out to Davis. Did an amazing job. Oh yeah! Shout out to the Martinez family, man. You guys were awesome. I mean, uh, that that equipment, man. It was that was so sick too. Yeah. Like so <laughs> loud, and powerful, man. I remember Davis told me his plan was to get an ordinance that night, and a couple cops showed up like right after the concert. I know. <laughs> it was sketchy, oh, man. Was like it was like about maybe five minutes after we got off stage, like. Yeah, I gotta say, we were pretty lucky, like, as soon as that concert ended, uh, someone got pulled over and, like, ten cops showed up. Jesus. And it was pretty gnarly. I'm pretty sure if we would've went any later, they probably would've made a shut it down. So, oh, we yeah. got very lucky on uh, timing on that one. Because <laughs> it was, like, right there. So. Yeah. 
So, uh, Mr. Taylor, Chris, do you have any new music coming up? What do you have cooking in the kitchen, I sir? I've been, I've been cooking a lot recently. So I've got a, I have an EP I've been working on. So I've got five songs that I've been really mastering and trying to produce. So oh yeah, it's like an experimental electronic alternative. It's really all over the place. So that sounds right up Proxmize Valley. Taken over. That's the goal. That's the overall goal. Um, so let's talk a little bit about. I don't know. Like, just what do you think of the state of the industry right now, Mr. Caleb Press? What What would you say your output is as an artist? Like, coming into the game. What are your concerns and uh, what are your expectations for getting in the music scene? So I really just kind of want to keep things local for now. Kind of build things locally and kind of grow and meet, meet people and make connections in the community. And if things kind of take off from there, then that would be cool. But I really just want to focus on kind of the valley and yeah, just making music around and then people share it. That'd be sick. And you seem to have fun with it too, man. I saw you grinning that entire time when you were doing your set, dude. Yeah, I really love doing it. It's, it was so much fun to live mix. I had a, basically six songs that I had different stems from. I live mixed for about an hour. And then I played my EP. I, uh, being my first live show, we didn't start like when I thought I was going to. We, we were ahead of schedule, so ended up going 30 minutes early. And I was I was pretty nervous about that, but man, right when I got up on stage, it just felt like felt like where I should be at that time. There really did. I was able to go even 15 minutes longer. Just kept things rolling. And that was yeah, it was awesome. That was pretty dope, man. You you're pretty confident with everything. Uh, with the transitions, especially, they're pretty dope, man. Like I didn't know what to expect next. It was so dope. Yeah, really <laughs> good. Yeah, oh man. So what about you, Jacob? What do you what do you got cooking, man? What's in the Prox kitchen? <laughs> so right now I've been working on an album. I've been working on it with Relax and Rector's Out. Uh, Count Kush, anyone that wants to get on it, I'm working, um, always down to make music. Um, I would love to do collab with you, of course. Oh, yeah. Maybe we can all hop on them. That would be really cool. I have this big project. Um, I have a couple of German bass songs. So one of them is with Relax. A couple house songs, uh, a couple dubstep songs. One of them kind of gives me this 2013 like, dubstep vibes. Um, yeah, just everything. There's future pop songs. Like they're just really been branching out the last pretty much two years on different kinds of sounds. They always stick to trap, and trap has always been I don't know a go-to for me. The crazy thing about my music career is I started off listening to. Martin Garrix and all the big room house producers in the Netherlands and stuff and I started out making big room house and somehow ended up in the trap scene and the dubstep scene. I mean that's more American based anyways but I never saw myself, I've always been into dubstep and never saw myself making and making trap and I got in with a hip hop um, group back in 2015 we made a couple tracks together, and that was when I first started to make problems. Not good, so that's why I kind of stuck in the house for a little bit. But now I've been really working on my craft, working on my sound design, uh, just really getting lost in the process of making my mix and creating music. And I've been writing some lyrics and 
really trying to get more organic sounds on the picked up mic and start recording on vocal, um, start recording some samples. So there's a lot of big things coming. Um, I didn't play any of it during uh, Remedy and Friends because I just don't feel like they were ready yet. Um, Gibson did drop a couple of my songs, so it was awesome to hear those and actually get to hear them live, so I was really pumped about that. Oh yeah. Well, what about you, Relax? What do you got cooking up in the kitchen, man? Well, I'm not really ready for an EP yet, but yeah, I still, I'm still cooking in the, in the studio. Yeah, I'm just like usually just focusing more on to the music making than just releasing it. That's how, that's why I stopped with the Outski for a while, because with Outski, I usually just make the music and just release it really that fast. And then that's when I was like, I got, I don't know, just to me, it just felt like really, really, I don't want to just throw it out there really, really, like, just make it and just be, like, done with it and just release it real, real fast and everything. But, yeah, I'm just, like, just, like, focusing more on to, like, trying to branch out from, like, what Jacob said, like, from the, from the trap stuff and the dub stuff part, just, like, to, like, try, like, different genres and everything. Would you feel like, I don't know, maybe, like, a lot of the trap stuff gets old after a while, like, the 808s, and you just get, well, not really old, but boring, almost, like, I, I find that with a lot of the music I make sometimes too, because I do a lot of trap beats. But I just get bored with it after a certain while. It's just it's repetitive. You got the hook, you got the build up, and then it's just there's not much room for anything else. Uh, but the way you guys make music, oh my god! Like, <laughs> and, and y'all all use FL Studio. I'm the only one here that doesn't use FL Studio because I'm cheap bastard and I'm also broke. Uh, so donate to our GoFundMe! <laughs> oh. So yeah, I want to talk about your process. Uh, Taylor, so what do you uh, use for your your uh, your setup and whatnot, and um, how do you make music? So, I'll start from like many different ways. Sometimes I'll like hear a sound and then go from there. Sometimes I'll find a sample that I like. Um, I use splice quite a bit, find oh, samples yeah. there. And then, really what I do is I'll I'll load up like different drum patterns, play around with things. Um, the synth I use is uh, mainly is called Vital, and it's a lot like Serum, but it's a it's like a free alternative. It's a wavetable synthesizer. And you can do you can do really anything with it. Oh yeah, I love that a lot. So and then you know, I mainly do things on my desktop, but then I, I mess around on the Steam Deck as well. Yeah, like, yeah, the so. first time I met you, man, I saw you mixing on the Steam Deck. I was like, what the hell? That's so damn cool. <laughs> you could do that? Yeah, man. And you have your little, uh, that little board, uh, what is it called? The, that so little, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's called the Akai Fire. Okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's specifically made for FL Studio, so oh. you can change patterns and do things really, really fluidly. And all the, the MDI mapping and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Jacob, what do you? How? What is your process like, man? So, my process. Always on the first. I mean, when I load up, load up FL, I kind of sit there and I think, what? Really, I go off the mood and feel it. If I feel like going back to how we say music is just kind of a therapy. If I'm going down that day, I usually do something pretty chill or. I'm feeling upbeat, I'll do some hyper pop stuff, future bass stuff. I'm feeling sounds cheesy, but I'm feeling like that. <laughs> and I do like the harder stuff, you know? I mean, 
<clears throat> my process, I usually like this. I, uh, <laughs> Either one, dude. I got two first names. You got me jacked up now. So, uh, load up splice, find a sample, and then um, just mess with that sample until there's something that I'll just keep listening to that sample, uh, slow it down, speed it up, chop it up, and then do everything possible until I find something that inspires me. And once I would get that, start loading up serum and a lot of 3D plugins, FL Studio plugins. And that growth speed, yeah. bro. Growth speed is my, my go-to. I, I don't know. I've always been a huge fan of ambient, just heavy bass, choppy vocals. I don't know. That's like the hugest thing about Skrillex that I like. And that's just something that he he's always kind of done, but it's gotten like a whole new vibe to it in this last, this last two albums. Um, and I thought it was perfect timing that that's kind of the sound I, I found in my design and that he would come out with that. And then Fred again was actually another huge inspiration for that. Um, he released his boiler set and uh, Relax is actually the one that told me about it. Um, I hadn't heard of Fred again ever before that set. And I watched it and I was like, wow, this guy's throwing down. Um, it's all house. Um, I don't know, Skrillex and Fred again um, have this thing where their sound is just like perfect together and it just kind of it, it inspires me a lot in my sound. Um, I really enjoy creating upbeat stuff like that now and I think it's been a really fun um, process of branching out on my music because I mean I've made stuff this last these last couple of years that I never thought I'd make. I mean this is stuff I've dreamed of. Um, even getting like my ears tuned for frequencies and stuff has been a huge help in this because it is kind of a hard thing to master when you're doing your mix and getting those vocals to not be um, I mean, there's such yeah, thing as yeah. like overly <laughs> producing your mix too. Yeah. That's always a pet peeve of mine too. Like, especially when I listen to other homies and stuff too. Like, it's just something in my brain. I just hear it like being off, like a high being too frequent or a low and exactly. not enough bass or whatever. Your lows are that threshold. <laughs> yeah, and I think a main boundary I have for me it's my lows sometimes overpower my highs. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get that fixed in my mix. And, um, like I was working on a song yesterday and I did just from tuning my ears all last week, well the last, really the last month that we've been practicing and stuff. I think it's really been helping me out. Um, so yeah, so that's just kind of where I'm at with my music. Um, just been branching out, working with my homies, creating dope music. We have a lot of stuff that I got finished. Yeah. Um, just finding the time and we're all busy for process, I especially process is busy. So but we all have fun doing it. Excellent man. So we got eight well, we had eight viewers just a second ago. But we got six viewers right now on Twitch. So uh thank you guys for tuning in. Uh if you guys have any questions, feel free to comment below and we'll try to answer them too. This is not just 
our podcast. This is your podcast, so ask away anything. Um, we got one from Davis, but I'll get to that in just a second. Uh, relax. So talk about your process a little bit. What gets you going? What gets the gears moving in your brain when you're working on a track? Well, it's kind of similar to the text and Taylor here. Like, you know, just like going through like a bunch of samples and everything. And like, um, yeah, just to go through a bunch of samples and like hearing parts and everything. That's how I usually hear it because like sometimes I hear like a similar sample to the song that I heard from like other artists. I'm like, that sounds similar to that one and all that stuff. And then usually like I try to like, not to copy or like something like that. Like, I want to copy them. So That's I just, okay. sometimes I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all good artists, every good day. Right, right, exactly, man. And like, going back to our conversation earlier too with like a lot of the mainstream stuff, it's just recycled <coughs> yep. in a different way. 100%. But honestly, I don't think that there will ever be a time that we can make something, unless it's like pure noise rock or something that is completely unique that nobody else has heard before. Like there at least is some type of melody that has been used before. But I like the way that all of you guys get creative with that and staying outside of just the typical four chord progression <laughs> and uh, just kind of building it out, man. Yeah. And so I think it's really dope. Um, so we're going to go to uh, Davis's question now. Are there any secret shows that we are going to plan? They're a secret. <laughs> They're a secret. <laughs> uh, as of right now, uh, I'm hoping that we'll be finding some shows here in the upcoming months. I think this was a good uh, test run for us. We found uh, the biggest boundary was actually finding a venue that would accept one our kind of music. And when people think of EDF, they just think that uh, party, party, party. Right. Like, that venue is going to get destroyed. But that's not how it is. We're respectful. We cleaned up our trash. Uh, we made sure we left the place the way that we came. You know, uh, that was the biggest boundary. But. We found a good venue, uh, Alamosa, we worked with Alamosa, they were really easy to work with, it was very cheap, uh, right in our budget, good location, um, so yeah, I do see us having some shows coming up, uh, I don't know exact dates when, but I will definitely keep Davis informed. <laughs> yeah, there you go, man, you'll be the first to know, Davis, you hear that? We'll definitely be hitting you up. Um, so I want to talk a little bit, well, I mean, let's just open this up for discussion. What do you guys want to talk about? And do you guys have any thoughts on anything going on right now? Just thinking about uh, eating up to the show, like that, that entire week, just like the, the creativity process, the inspiration that I felt, like I, I made more music that, that week than I have like six months. Yeah, you really slacked the first three weeks you knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> that last week, you really hammered out Hey man, to be fair, I think we all kind of did that too, because, shit, I didn't have my set together until like, literally, I think, maybe the night or two before, I still had some tweaking to do, so. Yeah, definitely <laughs> in the same boat, man. The pressure of healthy creativity. Oh, sure. And, shoot, even, like, what, two days before my set, my all my files corrupted on my computer. And I was freaking out. Like, I remember I was at work panicking. Like, I was like, what am I going to do? I was like, I have to get all these songs. And, like, I couldn't remember every single one because I was just in panic. Right. But somehow I got everything um, sorted out. Serato was giving me issues. The board was giving me issues. I mean, everything that could possibly go wrong before my scent went wrong. <laughs> so, but, yeah, the creativity process was awesome. Like, I haven't been this inspired in a really long time. So, 
I skipped to age 13 because I don't fuck with 12. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, yeah. He showed up with the little blood, they're doing the blood gang sign too with his mugshot. <laughs> this shit's so funny, man. I love the stuff on the internet. And uh, Oh, Christian got out too, if you want to talk about that. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting. Christian is a freak. Wow. I don't want to say that. Breaking news. Breach of the news. That's awesome. Oh, shit. Podcast took one <laughs> oh, there we go. Most podcasts do, man. That's the fun in it. Yep. Yeah, Proximized man. politics. Proximized politics. Yeah, no, we should run for uh, mayor, Alamo, so let's do it. Next year is the election year. Yeah, they have a mayor and a city council. Interesting. It's pretty dope. It's, um, I, I don't want to say, like, closed-minded, but it's just kind of how it is in a smaller town. For sure. Stuff. Afraid to venture out forth, but I, I'm starting to see a lot more of that now that um, they have like Visit Alamosa, like that's more of a tourist service than uh, the chamber was. They kind of split up from the chamber because the chamber used to handle like all the touristy stuff around town and the events happening. And so Visit Alamosa bringing all these cool events here, and they're doing like First Fridays, which I want to get onto. Um, so I think doing Fridays would be a great deal to do something downtown and. I mean, I just, we're captivating a lot of the tourists that are coming in. There's been a flux, a mass flux uh, exodus almost of people leaving California and Texas coming here. Kansas, Oklahoma. Kansas, yep. Yeah, man. So, I mean, who knows? The possibilities are endless, man. So, I think that it's good that we're rooting ourselves now and that we can make this something big. So, yeah. yeah, and you never know who's going to be at these shows. I mean, there's been so many famous people who have been passing through the valley. He's oh yeah, Afro Man was here, bro. Oh, shit. Afro Man's yeah. truck broke down. No way. Yeah, they had to <laughs> Yo, go. I would have went and helped him out. All <laughs> right. He went to the, the tacos uh, place, the Suavecito Tacos, to go stop there. And dude, his eyes were so far closed, like he smoked so much. You can tell it was monkey stuff. I met him at a, a weed shop in Tulsa. Oh wow. Yeah, he was a really cool dude. Oh, I bet, man. He seems like a solid-ass person. <laughs> you know, From, speaking of Trump, um, actually, uh, Trump Jr. was in Sawatch. Oh wow. Shit. I'm not even kidding. Like, That's he crazy. was at the market there. And like everyone was getting pictures with it. It was pretty <laughs> And um, the guy from Rascal Flats was there. Oh, yeah. It sounds like a fever dream, man. And uh, one of the Broncos players was actually there this week. My sister in law got a picture with him at the Alta there. Oh, wow. So I don't know what's been going up with the valley right now. The valley is on fire. <laughs> it's Let's on go. fire, right? <laughs> Dude, it's nuts. So, like, like I said, come to these shows. You never know who might be there. Like, that's <laughs> the real. kind of the mindset I had all last Friday. Like, who, who knows who could be here? Like, Skrillex could drop by. You never know. Like, right? I mean, what would Skrillex be doing in Alamosa? But <laughs> <laughs> you never know. It's just Afro Man was here, man. Right? Exactly. Right. There's hope. There's hope for anything, man. Um, so yeah, man. I just, what do we want to do with this? I, I, what do we want to do with Proximize in general? Like. Where do we, how far do we want to take this? What's the goal? What's the end goal here? There is no end goal, man. I mean, just pushing, just getting all these underground artists out there is the main goal. Um, 
pushing our careers, pushing other people's careers. Um, hey, Bills. As a yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. As a matter of fact, um, I had some younger artists come up to me at the concert. And oh yeah. Wanted to get on the lineup, and that's what it's about. Um, we're not in it for the money. We're in it for the love of music and performing. And I mean, any money that would help us do this is always appreciated. But I think when you have your heart behind it, nothing else matters. You know, I mean, I, I I'm content with the way Proxena is going now. Like, feels more organic. Right. It doesn't feel as forced. I mean, we got kind of an interesting start, I'd say, with this whole thing. I mean, you contacted me about joining Proxenized and doing the podcast when I was in rehab, man. <laughs> like, I was literally in a rehab. Like, barely got my phone for like two or three hours, so I used to sneak it all in. <laughs> but wasn't supposed to. But yeah, man, it was just like one of those opportunities that I knew was like an oh shit moment for me and just getting in touch with the other artists too and just we've been gradually working on this and trying to make this into something big for a good year we've had the server um, so be sure to check out Proxenized Rebirth Network on Discord we're there we do a lot of cool stuff on there it's been kind of quiet we've been in the background Oh yeah, we also got our website too. You gotta check everything that out. So um, everything, yeah. So go to our website, uh, proxenizedrebirth.com. Check it out. Encounters, Davis commented on there, first one to comment on there. Uh, that is an awesome movie, but uh, we got that sample from, uh, we got Dead Mouse using that as a sample for a song called Closer. Um, that album came out, I love Dead Mouse, like, absolutely love Dead Mouse. That's what got me into, like, electronic music, so yeah. You wanna quit playing? I, I remember by Dead Mouse was an absolute game changer, man. Like, <laughs> still gave me fun Reminds me of Simply Time. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, dude. It's like that nostalgic feeling like when you hear the first four chords of a certain like Avicii song or something like that. Like, it just yeah. takes it back. Yeah. Yeah, well this is definitely one of those songs, for sure. Oh wow. Oh god. Skip to like halfway. Yeah, because it like starts picking up with that house beat I was talking about. But yeah, we were talking about aliens, that's how we got to this subject. <laughs> <laughs> I do. 
Well, I mean, think about all the technology that we have right now. You're just this has been, but, but, this technology has been here way, way before. So they've had this same fucking technology since the 60s. They just yeah. did not release it to the public all at once. Same thing with quantum computing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, shit, the internet in, in general. Like, it's a military well, thing. Most things are funded by the military. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, shit, I mean, we've seen so many, there's so many sightings here in the valley especially. Yeah, I've noticed a lot of people believe here. UFO Watchtower, man. I don't know if you've ever been out there or had the pleasure to go out there. But Is that they, the I, It might be with that, aliens. Yeah, it's, it's more yeah, aliens. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm interested. I'll go out there. You gotta go check it out. They call it like a portal, and like, people leave like all these little trinkets and stuff like, all around it. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's pretty crazy. They'll have like light shows out there, like star shows out there. They'll go out there with the, with the telescope and everything. And, but, yeah, I saw a bunch of people like on the platform. Oh, yeah. You just drive here at the long enough to see something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got a telescope on the trampoline. We got a trampoline. Oh, yeah, but Roswell, uh, too. I, a lot of that. So, what I think it is, is it started happening more and more with all of these nuclear tests that we were doing. I bet you they were observing us. And like, what the hell are they doing to their planet? They're blowing themselves up. Why? My favorite theory is that we're being too noisy. Oh yeah. Everybody in right? the universe is being really quiet. There's a dangerous threat out there that they're all trying to avoid, but like, they're they're just not contacting us because we're fucking noisy and stupid. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, but like, again, I I also think like they wouldn't appear to us in their form because I don't think I would brains to comprehend that. That is the most plausible thing that I've ever heard from a political leader, so I'll give you that. It's, I'm not like deep down the rabbit hole with that one, Yeah. but I mean, I'm open to the possibility. It's a fun, one, yeah. Yeah, it's a fun idea. I think of more along the lines of like ancient societies like the Egyptians, uh, the Sumerians, especially the Sumerians. I mean, I think that that's what they perceived as their gods were cosmic beings. And being somebody who's Mayan, I'm, I'm half Mayan. Uh, a lot of that, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, have you watched Indiana Jones and the Business <laughs> School, man? <laughs> That's all the evidence you need right there, buddy. I love Hollywood. There you go. There all right, go. Yeah, no, it'd be pretty interesting. Um, but again, I think it would be in such secrecy because, I mean, I don't think we could perceive that with our human existence as we are right now. I mean, it freaked the fuck out over just about anything. I mean, look at TikTok, man. Like, people... What? I've always assumed that uh, people think that aliens have, like, presented themselves to the government or something. So, like, I like that idea more. Because, like, yeah. if they presented themselves, it would be to everyone, not just leaders of, uh, of the Earth. Yeah, and that's, and that's interesting, too. Um, I mean, Roswell's had a lot of happen over there. They've actually had an aircraft that they picked up, killed a cow. Yeah. Fucking. And then there's the pill thing. I don't know. Everybody freaked out about the pill thing like a month or two Have ago. Have you seen the pill? I don't know, man. It's, it's like, it's just bring me, bring me better proof. <laughs> oh, the pill that they, uh, that was on all the yeah, like aircraft. Moving yeah. too fast or something? Yeah. yeah. That's pretty crazy. And, I, I mean, 
it took a lot to get to the point where the government was like, okay, here, here you go. But at the same time, I feel like it's a distraction. Yeah, I want to believe. So, I want to believe, but you know, I don't. Yeah, we're getting there. Fair enough. Living yeah. here is helping out. Oh, there you go. The elbows is changing. There you go. No, I think the valley is just a supernatural uh, force as it is. I mean, I can only explain the reasoning why everything's so kind of backwards and just kind of stuck in the past of like 80s like stuck in the 80s man now as bad as Oklahoma oh I, I can't I, I can't <laughs> imagine dude I, I lived in rural Nebraska too and that was oh, pretty, God. pretty yeah, damn bad you too yeah. oh yeah it was like 80s getting into the 90s almost uh, rural Japan like rural Japan I wonder what rural Japan would be like bad really bad it's <laughs> just as capitalist as us like it's, it's really bad <laughs> You go to Tokyo, you're gonna have a great time. You go anywhere else, it's shit. So, speaking of Japan, shout out to Evan, Evan for our introducing the us. wizard. Yes, the wizard. The wizard. The wizard. The wizard. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. That's what that's what Remedy and Friends is about. You know, like it's it's just friends of friends. So we got connected. Yeah. Yeah, I was super stoked when uh, I was like almost afraid to ask because I I didn't know you that well too at the time, and I was like, well, man, like you want. Like, I've seen you do stuff. Yeah, I remember waking up that morning, I got that text, and I was like, shit, do I want to do a live show? <laughs> <laughs> do I have it in me? Uh, yeah, I was like, right away, I texted you back, and I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. No hesitation. Oh, yeah, man, it worked, out, it worked out great. I thought it worked out perfectly, uh, again, for all of us. Um, yeah, man. So, um, anything else you guys want to talk about? What do you think is going on with the industry right now? What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, man, the industry is always interesting. There's always so much going on. It's negative stuff, positive stuff. I feel like the EDM industry is always more on a positive note. I mean, yeah, you have a couple artists who make some mistakes and hurt people, and that's just not what this seems about. Hip-hop industry could be Oh, absolutely. I mean, we I, all see it, uh, like just the people that are in it. Uh, I mean, going to concerts like hip-hop shows, dude, oh my god. That's some of the worst crowds that I've dealt with a lot of the time. I mean, I've been to Tech 9 shows, man. It's alright. I thought about that in a second. It's like, <laughs> holy shit. Everybody's very egocentrical, and it's different from like metal shows. like. Metal shows are the most welcoming community besides the Indian Country. Like both of those genres of music, the fans are just so like enthralled within that 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 music and that culture, and it's just nobody's dick, man. Because everybody's just there to have a good time. There's no hidden agenda. Not trying to have some swag and fucking like show off your shit on camera and have your phone out like the Travis Scott shit. Right. Yeah. And I think the EDM scene is founded on people. Just felt misunderstood, you know, wanting to be accepted into something in this group of being. I think we all relate in that way, some way or another. I think that's why we all chose to do it. I mean, we all get lost in the creative process and come together and make things happen. So I want to talk about that. What What is it like to be a creative person? Yeah, we'll start with what, you, what is it like to be a creative person? Like, how do you perceive the world? What's it like to be so What is it like to be so perfect? <laughs> I, just, I just feel like I like, have to make the music sometimes. 
one of our cool, uh, one of our close homies, Mystic Miguel, who's actually sending some uh, artwork of this. It's really dope work. Actually, just so oh yeah, I, I, I hit him up too, man. I want to buy buy his art. Yeah, I I have one of my other friends. Um, he's one of the baristas over there at Malagra to just dope art, man. She does a lot of photography stuff, and it's it's really like almost industrial, like with a lot of like plastic bags, and it's like plastic bags and like bondage and stuff almost. It's like it's really interesting. It shows a lot of like raw emotion. Her name's uh. Isabel, uh, yeah, no, her art's on Instagram too. I'll plug her stuff as well as Mystics in the description of uh, this next podcast. And so, yeah. oh, sorry, no, you're not. Well, I think the really dope thing about the family and all the creators is we all use this just the rule, rule, area and our surroundings and incorporating our art. Um, like talking about like bluegrass, like there's a lot of artists in the valley who use that theme in the music and add their own, you know, their own spice to it. And I feel like I do that myself. Like um, there's a lot of songs that I think about just the scenery in Swatch and Swatch is just this farm, farm town, man. I mean, it's literally out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, super. Super dead, but also super green at the same time. It's great. <laughs> right. There's a lot of farmers out there, a lot of cattle. I mean, it's just, but there's just certain like cowbells and all these like, I mean, it's just weird stuff that I incorporate because it's what I said this on a previous podcast. But when I make music, I have this scenario in my head and I make the music to it. It's like a storyline kind of, and I think that's what helps spark my creative process and. Like Death Call was a prime example of that. Death Call was like a gloomy dubstep song, and I don't know. It's just like I think that day was midnight when I was working on that song, and you could see the Milky Way. And I don't know. I just had gotten that like creativity for that song just by looking out my window. Right. It's just stuff like that. You never know what's gonna inspire. So what about like your creative process for the last? Like what do you hear when you hear a song? Like well, what goes on? Well usually I just think about like you know, you know anime and like how to do like um A and B's mostly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I used to yeah. I used to watch a bunch of those back then when I was little. Goku versus Vegeta. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> With the Linkin Park yes. songs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I used to watch all of those a bunch of times and then but the music I listen to the same thing with uh, Jacob's uh, with the death call. I just think about like you know like some like the hero like he's down or something like that. And like in, like they could see like a scenery of like these clouds are like black and it's raining and he's all like he's like he lost hope and everything. You guys should do a fucking album of like the whole hero's journey. There you go. <laughs> shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we can plug that into our video game, man. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Video game soundtrack confirmed. Here oh yeah, what's that about a video oh, game? What's going on? Video game album. Yeah. So uh, I don't think the viewers have heard anything about it. <laughs> Let's switch it up. What's going on? Yeah. So, so we're dropping a, a video game. Uh, working on it. Uh, I've been planning it. Just got these guys on board. We're all gonna have a soundtrack for you. We're gonna put ourselves into the video game and create soundtracks when we choose our characters and you'll be able to listen to our music while we play the game and we'll drop EPs of our 
different songs that we incorporate into that game. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. We're gonna try to get it on the App Store. Um, definitely get it on our website. Oh yeah. Uh, working out to find details, but it sounds like everybody's on board and it's gonna be an awesome process for creating it. So uh, could be a year soon. Yeah, oh yeah. Could be a couple years. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll get good at it. So I've been playing a lot of Baldur's Gate 3, so I'm really into the RPG stuff right now, too, and I mean, yep. I'm kind of torn right now because, like, I bought Diablo 4, too. Huge, huge, oh yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, I was hugely disappointed by it, dude, and just the amount of microtransactions, you have to always be online. I knew it was going to be like the mobile game. Oh, yeah. Because they came out with Diablo Diablo Immortal, yeah. Right? Yeah, and it was full of microtransactions and shit, and I was like, this is garbage. Oh, yeah. Like, Diablo 4 is going to be just like this. Oh, yeah. Now, they uh, they took the base model from Diablo Immortals and yeah. just added better graphics. Like, that's really what they did. I mean, and I mean, it's so bad because, like, I love Diablo 2. When you zoom in, or like you can't even zoom in that far to even see the ray tracing that well, so it's just like eating up your <laughs> and the RAM. you buy from the cosmetic store. Right? Oh yeah, man. <laughs> right? No, but Baldur's Baldur Gate. Yes. Gate is masterpiece. So it if we, faced my heart. Oh yeah, mine too. It, it restored my faith in gaming humanity. <laughs> Not for sure. Everyone cop. Get it. I'm actually glad that we're on the subject of games because I was talk about Proxima's Gaming. So we um, talked about Proxima's Gaming, uh, really it's been in all our community updates, uh, we just been keeping people informed. Um, but so the, the main idea behind Proxima's Gaming is basically a, a gamer will stream our music on their video during their stream or their video um, to YouTube and it'll get us some exposure on our music while we promote the gamers and promote their content. And so it's both, both parties will be getting exposure. And that's just the whole point for the Proximize Gaming. It's more of a sponsorship. So anyone that's interested in that, uh, we're going to be sending out contracts. So just make sure you guys get us up on social media or at our email, proximizeweeper.com. Yeah, definitely, man. Like I said, we want to work with artists. Like that's our entire goal with this this project for Proxenize Network. As well, Proxenize Rebirth is again. We're trying to not just help our friends. We're trying to help everybody because we've all been in in those shoes before, just starting out or been an up and coming artist or somebody who wants to get into music that just doesn't know where to start. And so like. I wish I had somebody like that when I got into it. Yeah. I wish I had somebody who showed me how to do like OBS and stuff. I'm still learning stuff. Like Wyatt just taught me a bunch of awesome shit on OBS. And I'm pretty stoked yeah, about you it. Studio, I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's just it's a crazy thing. So like the more you collab with people, the more you learn too. Yeah, for sure. And like, we're talking about the creative process and like how you get started with things. Like, how I got started making music was back in. 2018, 2019, and it was goes through stealing Wyatt's music on SoundCloud. There you go. So Wyatt would make these electronic beats and alternative music and stuff, and I would I would just steal the exact song and I would do terrible raps over the top of it, just like mean raps about our friends and stuff. We should dem
<laughs> but that, that, that whole process of doing that, I was like, shit, I kind of actually want to make music. I really actually want to get into this uh, making electronic music. So just like finding that, you know, you never know when that creative like process is going to strive for like, where you go find that like outlet. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle. Like people who like aren't creative or don't view themselves as creative, as creative, they just don't have that way to express themselves, or they never learn that art form that is theirs. I think we're all just like wired differently, man. Like some people have it, some people don't, and there's nothing wrong with that. But either way, you need people around you to help you get to the point where you're confident enough to keep going. Right, exactly. It's that support. It's like part of the music. Exactly. No, like everybody, the community. That's Proxmax. Yeah. It's not just us. That's all of this. That's that's Proxmax. Yeah. The whole valley, bitch. Yeah. And I think. And Proxmite is a word that I made up, really. And I really think the definition of Proxmite is support. Cool, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, when I think of Proxmite, I just think of people who come together and love to create and are willing to help each other, and that's exactly what we do. Um, I really hope that a lot of people aren't embarrassed to come to us when they need help because that's what we're about. Making those connections, making the dope part together, really being a family. Basically, social workers. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> we're, we're EDM social workers, bro. <laughs> now, where's my government pay? My benefits? Sorry, You're a revolutionary. Oh, hello, Karen. Welcome to the stream. <laughs> no, I'm not a you're good from the from the chest. Oh, you can't hear her? Yeah, oh, I know. That's what's wrong. You have to speak up, bro. Well, good. Well, good. Fuck. Good enough. So, yeah, man. I mean, uh, so, what do you guys want to, like, do in the future? Like, show-wise, like, let's throw out some ideas right now. Let's start from that. Together, man. Let's let's kind of go. Let's kind of go. What do you guys think? Yeah. So I know our original plan was to be a cool park. Almost, and we can still be cool. We have multiple artists. We have a big lineup. I think this was a good testing ground for us. Testing how it is working with Alamosa and the environment, the people. And, uh, I was expecting a, a lot of issues. I mean. We were right there where there's a lot of bars and stuff, and I was hoping that. Yeah, man, I don't think we've had we've had any complaints or anything. I mean, we would have heard it right away. Yeah. I think too. Um, yeah, no, I just I, I'm stoked because now that we've done this, it's planted that seed in the community. So yeah, let's just do more of it, man. Let's just let's plan plan out shows. We can rent that place at any time too. Yeah, and I think it's pretty dope. I've been seeing our name thrown around, and I just think that's pretty crazy how <laughs> it's all finally happening. Though. Like I was saying before, it's crazy when all these things we've been planning for years. I mean, I've been planning this stuff since 2016 for a long time, and then when it finally comes together, it's like, wow. It's like a whole other feeling I've never experienced. <laughs> so, it's good, and I 
really look forward to all the shows that we do today. Um, I do have to say, like, after everything was done, I was sad. It was bittersweet. Oh, yeah. Dude. Like, I was sad. Like, like, it was fun working with all of you for the last month. I mean, we had a lot of fun. Uh, played a lot of bangers. Uh, just the whole process of it was enjoyable. I mean, yeah, there was nerves in there, you know. But after that night was over, I remember I was like, man. When is the next time I'm gonna be able to do this again? You gotta set, like, <laughs> set up the next one before the current one is. You gotta yeah, go. That's, that's what we gotta do. do. Yep. So I look forward to all the shows that are coming. Even though it can be scary to get on stage and you know stuff that comes with it, but uh, it's exactly what I want to do with my life and what I'm about to do. Oh yeah, man. So is there any advice you'd leave uh, with our listeners? I think we're gonna wrap things up with it. We've got Trusting the process, like it all comes together and it all comes together at the right time. What about people who want processes? Then I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're shit out of luck, but yeah. <laughs> but don't tell it. <laughs> yeah, don't let people don't let criticism stop you from doing what you do. And no one's great right away. Uh, it takes time to be great, uh, and taking that criticism and running with it is the best thing. I had an artist reach out to me a couple weeks ago saying that they're afraid to release anything because they're afraid of what people are going to say. And if you're afraid of what people are going to say, you'll, you'll never really go anywhere with it because, like Taylor said, you just got to do it. Um, like, nervous about the shows, you just got to do it. You just got to get up on that stage and do it. I mean, it's hard for the swallow sometimes, but once you do it, you realize it's not that bad. And you, you will find your right audience and you will find the right people. You just gotta push yourself out there. Right. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, relax. So, what would your advice be? My advice would be like, um, you know, don't be shy about it. Don't, don't, just, you know, just trust yourself and, you know, trust your gut. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch of opportunities out there. Like, I usually, before all this stuff happened, like during 2020, I always tell me, I used to tell myself, saying, like, I missed a bunch of opportunities. Like, I, I really, like, missed a lot of it. And I was like, I could have done this, I could have done that, and all that stuff. But, you know, just just trust yourself. Don't be shy about it. And, you know, whether it's, like, music, art, or anything in particular, just, just, just do it. <laughs> Excellent. So, in the words of Shia LaBeouf, just do it! <laughs> 